The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, if you do anything to disrespect his girlfriend, well, your life's over. <laughs> Welcome, Jacob. <laughs> Why, thank you. I, I... <laughs> that was good. That was good. You broke Oh, my gosh. Uh, Why, thank you. And let me use our co-host, a man who might be a little bit apprehensive about chopping someone's head off. Welcome, Drew. You just don't want to have to risk a zombie apocalypse. That is true. Especially when it's... Anyway, we'll not go there. <laughs> How are you doing, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been it's been a week. You know, praise Lord. It's Friday. Indeed. It is Friday. It's, well, Friday when we record, you're proud of this, which is another day. Uh, for our audio well, listeners. More there. than likely. More than yeah. likely. More likely. Probably next week. Um... So yeah, I've been doing good. I uh, got my uh, got my lengthy haircut. Um, feeling fresh for a moment. Um, uh, let's see, uh, what did we do last weekend? That is all a blur. What did we last do? weekend was a blur? Yes, last weekend was a blur. Be like, I apologize if be like, oh my gosh, you didn't know, you you don't remember exactly everything. No, I don't. It's been a blur of a week. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 you don't remember at all the last week. No, I remember last week. It's just, you don't remember what you did last weekend. No, I don't. For some stupid reason. I don't. And the thing is, I can't even help you with this because we didn't do anything together last weekend after the podcast. No, we didn't. (laughs) This is terrible. About the only thing we did was Sunday. We had potluck at the church. That's right. That's about the only thing we did together over the weekend. Oh my gosh. So it's like, sorry, Ashley, I just forgot for a moment. So just don't kill me yep. over this. <laughs> Either Sunday will be interesting. Sunday uh, will be interesting. If she, she pops in there, it's like, what? <laughs> she'll, she'll go like uh, Son Goku would just go, Fwah! it's like, uh, you forgot something? <laughs> Super Saiyan Ashley. Interesting sight. Anyway. Hmm. Um, if she is listening, she has no idea what I just no. said. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> so you have no idea what you did last Saturday. Uh let's just move forward, shall we? Okay. <laughs> uh a week's been pretty good. Week's been pretty good. Um I will probably remember what I did last weekend, probably a little bit later on. Be like, oh yeah, that's what I did. Totally remember it now. Right. Anymore. Right. Uh so this week's been work. It's been work, 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 work. Um and then today, I know me and Ashley, I'm going to help Ashley with something uh, this weekend. And then we're going to go to, I think it's somewhere. I know we're going to do something. I just don't remember where we're going. Boy, your memory with what you do with your girlfriend is severely lacking that right now. <laughs> Thanks. Rub it in. <laughs> I have to rub it in somehow. Touche. Touche. But yeah, I think we're, we're going to go to... Uh, Man, I am having just the memory farts and memory farts today. This is terrible. 
It's like my age starting to catch up with me for some reason. Tomorrow, tomorrow while he's out with Ashley, he's going to be taking notes. When she asks, it will be, why are you taking notes? She's like, I need to remember to be able to tell people what I did when the podcast comes up. This, this isn't like 50 first dates, you know. I know, but apparently you, your memory is just shot for the moment. You'll remember when we're in the middle of news. That's what exactly. happened. It's like, oh, yeah, we did this thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh wow hold on what day is it today is friday the 13th the 13th, 13th. <laughs> okay we're just lucky it's not a full moon oh my gosh yeah it is fr- it is you know friday the 13th yeah no full moon praise the lord because that would be nuts <laughs> we here at the cellcast are not superstitious we are just very much aware of dramatic irony oh blink duh now i remember i had to look at my calendar that is terrible you know that okay <laughs> so last saturday think for some reason i just it blanked on me uh my bro- my sweet brothers and sister-in-law threw me a surprise 40th birthday party uh which is yes i, know- <laughs> I should have been able to tell you that even though i didn't go oh my gosh i feel like a dunce okay <laughs> so we we uh we met at my little brother's house and we uh, it was Back to the Future themed, which I'm a massive fan of Back to the Future. Ashley showed mm-hmm. up. Uh, my cousin and aunt showed up. Um, but it was like it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We wound up watching all three of the films. Well, of course, um, you get you started gotta, with one. You got to mm-hmm. finish the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of laughs. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I did for the weekend. Um, yeah, then like Sunday was sunday and working on projects mm-hmm. afterwards uh monday was more i watched uh legend and then it was like i've got to, i've got to draw this and so i drew it and i posted it for everybody to see uh at least the pencil form and i uh, hope to get that out uh maybe sat like late saturday afternoon or late saturday evening anyway anyways so yes that happened they i that was like the third party I've had in the last, in the past two weeks. You're trying to make up for all the birthday parties you skipped. That is true. Cause normally I, I normally never celebrate my birthday. So my, my wonderful girlfriend is like, Oh no, you're celebrating it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we went out to eat on my birthday, which is the 27th of the last month. And that Friday, that Friday, um, starting in January or no, no, before that blah i'm just all kinds of dates are going blurred uh that that next friday we went to i had lunch with my parents and some family mm-hmm. members at a wonderful restaurant where where we live and then follow up the next weekend which was last saturday i feel like we're doing a fusion dance here um i'm not helping you with that fusion dance. <laughs> thank you <laughs> either or but like yeah it's 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 been a wonderful time be like it's like you you know when someone asks you a question it's like how's your week been and go Bloop. that's how i felt so yes i've had a wonderful 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 last couple of weeks and uh yeah oh brother i may have to edit some of this down maybe maybe <laughs> anyways that has been my week how what is how have you been drew 
You're welcome, people. Uh, well, unlike you, I do remember what I did last Saturday. Of course, I also had a little bit more time to think. Uh, no, last Saturday, I, of course, recorded two more episodes of Henshinman with Nate Marchand. Mm -hmm. uh, that show is getting interesting. <laughs> I'll just say that. We finally found plot. <laughs> what? You found plot? <laughs> Ten episodes before the end, we found plot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh no uh i say we found plot plus those episodes are finally starting to release good that i'm on so keep mm. an eye out for those um also uh that evening because the reason i wasn't able to go to your mm. thing is because i had already had sorry not spoke for yeah to play a D, &D game because yes i've played only very little D, &D and we kind of did a episode uh session zero just trying to get everything set up and we kind of got most of it <laughs> we'll see how this mm -hmm. goes uh of course this was all before all the craziness with the uh D, D issues on that the internet has gone through in the past week with the uh ogl in nonsense okay if you don't know what it is i'm not going to explain it but those who know what i'm talking about will know what i'm talking about okay let's just say D, &D is gonna have a hard time getting off of get, uh recovering from the uh public relations disaster oh. of them being a little greedy uh, a little mm. greedy is pushing that description but anyway oh, okay um and then monday night tuesday night was just normal nights wednesday night i did get to go see something that a couple people have seen we had the uh bible study thursday night mm -hmm. and that's been about it it's just been a nice, calm, slightly exciting week. Um, but yeah. A lot easier to remember, apparently, than yours was. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Jacob, I do have a question for you, and I really hope you actually can answer this. What have you been watching? Well... <laughs> It's like Doyle. I don't know. Be like, I, I, I might have watched this in my. I don't know. I don't know, George. What did I watch? I don't know what they watched, George. Uh, so I watched. Uh, so my brother, my brother Jim, uh, had, had been asking. It's like, they're like, I, I, I wanted to watch this this uh, uh, Garth Brooks special, but the only one that he had watched was the uh, one they showed live on CBS mm -hmm. when he was live in uh, our. Vegas the first time. So I sent him a link to the the one you found on the box set. Mm -hmm. So I've sent him a link to that. And I watched that. And it's well, like how you make it sound like I found it when I did not find no, it. I found it. I don't watch Garth Brooks. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> it's like, yes, Drew found it for me. And he, he sent it to me, then I sent it to him. <laughs> Except I would not have done that because I would not have destroyed my search history with that name. But that's beside the point. Ow. I'm sorry. I'm just not You just bad. got friends in really low places then. <laughs> Where the Coca-Cola drowns and the, and the Dr. Pepper chases my blues away. That wasn't a really good reference, but let's move on. <laughs> so, yeah, I watched that. I'd be like, there again, I'm a huge, massive Garth Brooks fan. I got to go see him live in Dallas. Uh, a couple of months ago with my brother, Jim, uh, my, my wonderful girlfriend, Ashley. Um, that was a bucket list. Chick, done. Amazing. Um, and I know not everybody's a big Garth Brooks fan. I get that. But I am. Um, so 
Bill, I, I watched that. I was had it playing because I've seen it a dozen times already. Mm-hmm. So I was doing other things. And then is and another I love the history of the uh, RMS Titanic. Love that. I have not seen uh no, this is what leading up to it. So James Cameron, who is the you know, the director who's got Avatar the way of water in theaters right now, which is blowing box office numbers again. Um I have not seen the movie yet. I haven't either. I don't know if I'm gonna watch gonna watch see or not. But I think I'm gonna end up seeing it next Saturday. Ah, uh, but I know some Facebook they are gonna re-release uh Titanic for its 25th anniversary for Valentine's weekend. Only problem is in th- it's in 3D, which I know they converted to 3D years ago. 3D yeah. in your face. I can't imagine that's any good. Yeah, me either. I'd rather watch it in 2D. I actually, I actually have it in the poster for the 3D release. I just remember that. I do have it. Is it like a lenticular 3D where you, depending on which way you look at it, the image changes a little bit? Not not the poster. Well, that's just a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. Do better, people. Come on. No, but um, so ever since me and Ashley are, da- are in, a, in a relationship, I was thinking, like, that would be really, really cool. I've never seen Titanic. I know shocker beyond shockers. Dude, I've not I watched Titanic the movie. I can't judge you because I haven't seen it either. Yeah. So yeah. I already know how it ends though. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The the joke the, the, the sor- ship sinks, folks. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Bart. So there's there's a story that our, our, our dear friend Chase uh said has said multiple times that's funny. So apparently him and a friend were going to see Titanic at theaters. This was 1997, 98 when this movie came out. Oh, I was in fifth grade, that's all I remember. Oh, okay. So they're going to go see it. And these teenage girls are right behind him. And so they're talking about the talk about the uh the event, which happened in 1912, uh 1912, 1913, you know. Please quote me on that, please. Or someone, you know, correct me where I'm wrong. Um, so they're talking to me like, yeah, and the ship sank. And the girl behind him was like, uh, thanks for spoiling the movie. Uh it's like it's history. Folks. It happened over a hundred years ago at this point. 97. 97. Thank you. I, I knew it was like 97, 98. But um, so um, and there's a lot of reasons I haven't watched the movie yet. But uh, I was too young when it came out, so I was 97. I would have been, oh gosh, make me do math right in front of an audience. <laughs> How old were you, 15? In 97? No, no, I no. wasn't 15 in 97. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wow, I feel like an age. I feel like an age. I would have been closer to 11 or 12. 11, 12, so I would have been like, uh, like. 14, 15 years old. You would have been 15. I would, have I been would 15. not have been. In 97? No. No, 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 no. Be like, there again. I, let's not get I into was, numbers here. I, I apologize. Was 10 years old in 95, 96, 97. That makes it either 11 or 12 since I didn't bother to look up months. So I suspect it was in the middle of the summer. Oh, uh, okay. Which would have been 11. Yeah. <laughs> I make myself like an idiot tonight. Apparently. Put you at 13 or 14. Yeah, 13 or 14. Thank you very much. 13, think, probably. Yeah, 13. So I think I was in I was in homeschool at that point. So uh either or either or. So I was going on about Titanic. So I watched the documentary. Yes, I'm curious where this is leading, to yeah, be honest. So 
going back to the 20th year anniversary of the movie, James Cameron did a special for uh, National Geographic where he went in and they kind of retold what they did with how to do the movie and how like may, they may have gotten things wrong when it comes to the aerodynamics of how the, the ship, the ship sank in the whole bit. And it's a really fascinating documentary that is mm-hmm. now on uh, Disney plus. And he interviews like, uh, like uh, interviews, the surviving family members of two, two people that had died and one who survived and uh, like their relatives, and I thought it was very fascinating. It was very cool. Uh, I I downloaded it once. I downloaded it once because there again, I'm a Titanic nut. And um, and weird, I haven't watched the movie yet. Go figure. Uh, like I said before, but yeah, yeah, watch that. Really good. Sorry for the long explanation. So you watched a documentary on Titanic? Yes, I did. Okay, that's all we needed to know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I get long-winded about everything sometimes, and apparently I forget things too. <laughs> That's why you get long-winded. What you don't remember, you got to give yourself time to remember. <laughs> oh, whatever I did, shout! I'm getting back. I know. <laughs> uh, it's something about a dish. Well, cold sir. Well, sir, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> a dish. Are you, are you saying that? <clears throat> An event. Our revenge? <laughs> revenge revenge is a dish best served it's cold. cold it is very it's cold in space false false space balls i didn't say anything about space balls <laughs> actually on average space is very warm it's just yeah warm. it's just you just, can't, just can't breathe it. <laughs> but anyway yes. Boy, we are off topic tonight. What else have you watched besides the Titanic documentary? Uh, and Garth Brooks. <laughs> Garth Brooks. Uh, Ten minutes later. <laughs> uh, so uh, I finished the book. I finished um, Lee Child's uh, Killing Floor, which is the first book for Jack Reacher. Uh, uh, that is a good book. That is a good book. I listened to an audio. I have the book, the the physical copy of the book. And that was a lot of fun. That was a good story. Very good story. And I would highly recommend it. Um, I know some people have already watched Reacher, the first season on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm going to go see it eventually. But that was a good That was a good book. Highly recommend it. So that is all I... And, you know, occasional podcasts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is all I've been watching and listening to. What about you? After my ten minute when Wendy, because mine's Wendy not going to be anywhere near this long, even though I actually watched a couple things. Huh. Something uh, about Shin something. We'll get to that in a minute. First off, I'm going to start with an anime I watched. Oh. I watched about five episodes of it. Oh, the name of the anime is. Uh, hang on. <laughs> That's. I like I know ninety. Oh, yeah. I know ninety percent <laughs> of the title. It's just I don't remember how it begins. I'm not the only one forgetting things. <laughs> hey, this is an isekai title. It's five miles long. You gotta <laughs> give me a minute. Okay. Five minutes later. I, once I find the right one, because there's like two of these. Villano. This is a wonderful entertainment, isn't it, people? 
Okay, it's I'm the villainess, so I'm taming the final boss. That's the name of it. Arr. Basically, this girl gets reborn into another world mm-hmm. as the villainess of a essentially a uh, uh, dating simulator. That's the word I'm looking oh, for. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I see, I'm sitting there going, Otome game. That is what they keep saying in there, mm-hmm. but I don't know what an Otome game is. I'm just guessing it's a dating simulator, but it's set in this fantasy world, and oh. she's playing the person you're supposed to keep from dating your boyfriend. Oh, okay. Basically. She gets reborn as that character, the one you're supposed to stop from getting to. The uh, I watched about five episodes of it. It's actually a very fun show. But the fifth episode had had to have been my favorite line. Hmm. So throughout most of this little arc, the game's protagonist has been making her life a living hmm. Hades. Ah. And they're going to battle to save the soul of her new boyfriend, which is actually the game's antagonist, the final boss. Ah. Uh, because she's doing her best to make sure he doesn't become the final boss, because then that would mean she would get stepped on and died. Because he turns into a dragon and steps on her in the original oh, okay. game. In the original ending of this game. And she's trying to keep that from happening. She apparently has this connection to a holy sword that the hero also has. I don't quite remember how it goes. So when the hero girl pulls out the sword and goes to attack the final boss, yeah. Um our our care uh the villainous character who we're following as our protagonist mm. says uh jumps in front of her. Technically the sword should not be able to harm humans. And it doesn't. Mm. But she's able to absorb the sword and it's into herself. Okay. So she can take control over the holy sword, right? Okay. And this is confusing our the game's protagonist. Mm-hmm. And she's going, How is this possible? There's no way you should do be able to do this. And she goes, Isn't it obvious? I'm the protagonist now. <laughs> That's and I go, that is kind of an epic line that, that is. you can't get away with normally. True. So I watched that. That was that was fun. That was that was just a fun little show. There's some more uh, episodes of it that I haven't quite got to. Curious why she's now masquerading as a boy at another school, but I'll figure that out when I get there. Um, but other than that, I have been watching another show mm. on Blu-ray. Of course, I've already talked about it a little bit, which is Ultraman, mm-hmm. the original 1960s show where a guy in a rubber suit fights a bunch of kaiju that are made out of rubber, rubber suits. suits uh it's a fun i got to realizing that this was like watching star trek okay the real the old 60s star trek where it's they are making a good action show that happens to have at the very end have giant monster fights yeah basically it's a good science fiction show i mean okay heck one of the episodes i watched today we found out one of the that uh, ultraman apparently used to be noah i'm so curious about how this works noah noah as in the one with the ark okay and before you start thinking oh they had to get it wrong they were outside mount ararat i am curious where this is going to go if it goes anywhere uh they they apparently the the uh lost civilization that was it that where all this was happening apparently worshipped ultraman as a god but called him noah okay so yeah, uh, that was weird. 
But before I got to that particular weird episode, Wednesday, I got to go see a movie that not many people in the United States have gotten to see yet. Hmm. Shin Ultraman. Yeah. The movie produced by Hideki Anno mm-hmm. and directed by, I don't remember his name, but he also, he's, he's the one who produced Shin Godzilla. And actually, mm-hmm. and they both, of course, worked on Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, it's actually a very good movie. You get, if you get a chance to go watch it, I, I suggest you do. Of course, it's already out of theaters because it was only a two-day thing. But uh, it'll be out in on uh, store shelves relatively soon, I think, I heard, sometime this spring. But uh, I got to watch that. That was a very fun show. I have a little bit of... There were some parts of it that were a little bit crunchy. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much of that was... I know, I know. Some one of it was the subtitle issue would have had to have been uh, on Fathom Events part because I'm I'm assuming somehow or however they mm-hmm. hard however they coded the subtitles on there they kind of messed up in a couple spots where it's like I don't have time to read this long this three mile long sentence because the scene shifted like that and you move the subtitles away with the scene and despite the fact the guy is still talking. Okay, it's, that happened once or twice. Uh, but I uh, I have not had a chance to watch the dub, which was out last night because you know Bible study and all that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know I, I I don't know how good the dub is, but the subtitled version it was fun. It had uh, there are a lot of interesting things. I, granted, I am still new to Ultraman, so I can't tell you how good an adaptation of Ultraman it is. Okay, but for a Hideki Anno uh, style production, yeah. it was pretty good. It was not quite as cerebral as say evangelion or shin godzilla was Mm -hmm. but it's still fun good so fun just be ready for uh truckloads of exposition being shoved down your throat every chance they get yeah because that's how they make those that's how he makes those movies um so yeah that's pretty much what i've been watching okay so what jacob do we have in the news The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. All right. Why? Thank you, Dealit. And going starting off with the news as we enter the notes portion of the show <laughs> yeah into the notes portion of things <laughs> we're i'm just messing with you dude 40 minutes news in. news is all right so news uh so crunchyroll has announced the english cast of a certain uh english voice cast of the of a character known as bash stampede in a reboot sci-fi space western known as trigon stampede which trigon the stampede no trigon stampede oh trigon stampede that makes more sense yeah that's that's the 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 new one they're doing yes uh it's in 3d which i worry about yes but i always worry about with anime in 3d with the lead role of uh going to john uh johnny young bass johnny young bosch aka the original english bosch the stampede uh from the 1988 trigon series the English dub will be debuted weekly on Saturdays, starting January 21st, followed by the the, Eng- the Japanese English simulcast, which also airs new uh, new every Saturday, and premieres on January 7th. 
so yeah so if, if you are a a trigun fan like some of us are mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's be like the new one's coming out with john young bosch as as vash for the new trigun trigun stampede which is coming out on crunchyroll mm-hmm. uh which that sounds like fun i don't know how it's gonna take but it sounds like fun right yeah so yeah that's the first big bit of news anyways uh going into let this play out because almost it's just, done it's almost done anyways there we go yeah thank you yeah so you're welcome yeah so i asked them to be like hey can you play a little bit of the the uh the trigun theme while we do the news because i thought it'd be kind of nice to hear that so i, they, I like how before the thing you were a little worried about youtube content match with <laughs> king tut but you had no problem with the i didn't theme. think about that but okay <laughs> i just thought of that yeah if we got if we had monetization, we'd probably get money. Monetization? <laughs> What's that? All we got is Patreon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh so Netflix's uh, uh acclaimed feature uh Gilmore del Toro's Pinocchio was awarded the Golden Globe for best animated feature on Tuesday night, last Tuesday night. Uh that is actually on our list of movies to review this yes. year. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see the uh, stop motion movie emerged that beat out four other nominated movies included in in yo G kids okay (sighs) the snail with the shoes (laughs) Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, um, Marlowe or Mar- something Mitchell. like that. Mitchell. Or, no. no, no, no. Oh, crap. I'm sorry. I'm Marcel. At- Marcel. Thank Marcel, you. Marcel, the, the, the clam with shoes on. Yeah. Or shell with shoes on. The shell with shoes on. You know, it's bad when you have a reading disorder and you're looking right at the word and you can't say it, which is irritating. Right. Push some boots the last wish and turn your red. So that is all I have for info and stuff. Unless you have something else. You mean in the news? Yeah. We haven't got to info and stuff. No, we haven't. Either in info the news, and stuff. In the news. This show's nah, going wonderful, isn't it? I don't have anything for oh, the news okay. this week. So are you ready to jump into our spoiler free thoughts? Yes. On these things? Uh-huh. <sighs> Certified fresh and spoiler free. Mm-hmm. So like last week, we are going to talk about one short and then the other. Both of these shorts, though, should be in the description or in the show notes, wherever you are watching or listening to this. So uh, if you want to watch the uh, shorts before you hear our spoiler-filled reviews, Mm -hmm. you can pause this afterwards and go watch them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, uh, I actually enjoyed both of these. Uh, We'll start with Legend of Dragon Ball Tale because... That's about 10 times of epic. Uh, unlike the other ones we've done so far mm-hmm. uh, on, on in this month, this is actually a fan film. Mm-hmm. More of a passion project than anything. Eh, it's a fan film still. Yeah. Um, so unlike everything else where 
the directors and the writers have nothing we can connect them to, or the cast has nothing that we can connect them to. We actually got stuff on, uh-huh. <laughs> on this quite one. a bit, quite a few things. Um, but yeah, it is basically a 10 minute fight scene. Let <laughs> me get right down to it. There are some story and comedic bit, bits, don't yes. get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's like you're watching this because if you've ever seen Dragon Ball mm-hmm. or Dragon, let's face it, Dragon Ball Z. And you've kept up with it somewhat, and you kind of enjoy the thing. You're a bit of a Dragon Ball fan, whether you'll admit it or not. Or maybe you just liked Dragon Ball when you were a kid. You'll enjoy this, because it's just Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Just remember, this is not an actual adaptation of the actual property, but more of a alternate universe take on things. Yes. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, What were your thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed the mess. This, this was an absolute trip watching Legend. A Dragon Ball Tale was phenomenal. I loved it to death. It was like, I heard about this on the internet. And I stumbled across it and I was like, ooh, what is this? Watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And my, my initial reaction was, if we do shorts at some point, then I'm throwing this on here. So happy be like watch it again there again it's 10 minutes you can watch it like four or five times be like it's amazing Mm -hmm. and um absolutely incredible and so uh for pharaoh yeah you didn't talk about pharaoh yeah pharaoh i just i start i started looking for like trying to find like student films student films that looked good and like had you know that were just amazing looking Mm -hmm. so i found this one and i was like ooh, this looks fun and it's actually really good, like animation wise, story wise. Yeah. For something that's like five minutes, like you can you can tell you can uh, express so much storytelling and emotion through in only five minutes. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And for a short, I'd be like for a student film. These are really, really well done. Legend is a fan film that is a passion project that is just uh, the lack of words, legendary. So, yeah, I like, I, I love Legend. Legend's mm-hmm. amazing. I love um, uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, thank you. I love both of these. This is amazing. Well, um, you've talked about both of them. I'll go ahead and talk about Pharaoh. Go for it. Uh, I, I think it's a great little short. Uh, I, I think the best thing you can say about this is I wish there was more to it. Yeah, because it does leave you wanting to know more about who this character is, mm-hmm. uh, see more of what she does going forward. How is she actually going to change her nation? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's just a, a, a nice little. It's a it's a nice story, uh, I, and I enjoyed it. It, it oh. was a little harsh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be about it. Okay. On our non spoiler our spoiler free section Mm -hmm. so join us on the other side and we will get to spoiling this thing these things this podcast is a proud member of culture box whether you enjoy geeky reviews comedy or original fiction you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul point your web browser to culturebox.media this week we suggest checking out stunning and brave where each week host chris cowan 
of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming, get your name on the show plus, uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob please donate to us on Patreon. Let's go ahead and start with legend yes. a dragon ball took because i think yes. this is the one we're going to talk about the most yes to be honest uh i should say <clears throat> the following is a spoiler filled review for the shorts legend a dragon ball tale and pharaoh listener discretion is advised legend a dragon ball tale was written and directed by nasir pasha the cast includes jordan woolen as goku Emperor Vegeta, Krillin, and King Vegeta. And in the English dub of Shin Ultraman, he played Alien Mephelis. Uh, I do you say his name. Mephelis? Yeah, basically like Mephistopheles. Oh, okay. That's kind of what that character is. Okay. But he played the English. Then I think that technically makes the shortest amount of time between the uh, premiere of a part to when we talked about it on the show because really the english dub premiered last night wow (laughs) just a fun little thing there that is cool yeah uh elsie lovelock who was the voice of chi chi Mm -hmm. plays the character minami takasaki in the anime showtime and jason alexander kukram played broly and this is his only credit gotcha uh there are no kingdom hearts connections what do we got in info and stuff info and stuff <clears throat> All right, so IMDb, it is an 8.5 out of 10, produced by Ness. How you pronounce his name? Nasir. Nasir. Push. I'm, I'm pronouncing all it is. Nasir Pasha. Pa, yeah, Nasir Pasha. Uh, and his team at Stray Dog Entertainment Studio. Uh, anime, I think uh, Stray Dog Studios. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Stray Dog Animation Studio, Animation Studios or Stray Dog Studios. Uh, distributed by uh, Stray Dog. It was released on July 6, 2022. All right. Uh, Getting into the summary. Giving diplomatic orders by the Grand Council, Vegeta, now King of the Saiyans, sets out on an interstellar assassination mission. That's an interesting burden. (laughs) I'm sitting here going, was he given diplomatic orders? Or did his father just say, We'll be here when you get back. Yeah, <laughs> that's about all I caught. Yeah, of that. go go do what you're gonna do, yes. and we'll co- you'll come back. We'll still be here. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> Getting into the trivia for this, if your planet doesn't get blown up by a you know a, a stupid little whatever alternate universe, the planet didn't get blown up by by a Frieza by a Frieza <laughs> by a freezer. <laughs> I'm just remembering a quote from uh, one of the guys at Team Four Star. He says. I would like a part of me wishes that I could set up a uh, restaurant called Planet Fajita, but it would probably get burned down by a freezer. 
moving on. This film is set in an alternate universe where the Saiyans were never conquered by Frieza, with Vegeta assuming the role of, of King of the Saiyans, while his father became Emperor. There are also implications that Goku and Vegeta already have a history, possibly from when they were kids. It is set around the time of the Piccolo Jr. saga of the original Dragon Ball anime, which is episode 137 hmm. of Dragon Ball. Yeah. From the yellow tint and subtitles, the whole video evokes early VHS fan subs. It does. Akira Toriyama's avatar, Toribot, appears along the entrance walls of the World Martial Arts Tournament arena. One of the people waiting at the World Martial Arts Tournament temple's entrance bears a resemblance to Akuma from Street Fighter II. Mm -hmm. Also sitting in the audience is <laughs> a certain uh, bald hero, hero who can defeat everything in One Punch! That being Saitama from One Punch Man. During the final beam of war, sh uh, shapes can be seen in Goku, Vegeta's Kamehameha, and Broly's Gigantic Meteor, a fist and snarling demonic face, respectively. They are both overtaken by another attack from the, from uh, Vegeta and Goku that is, takes the shape of a dragon. Mm -hmm. Ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a stupid joke. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yamcha first appears in his Dragon Ball era bandit outfit in the stands with Krillin and Launch. When the camera returns to the stands later to witness Bulma catching Vegeta's cape, Yamcha is now in his Dragon Ball Z era turtle school outfit and next to her. He moved, apparently. He did move. <laughs> Raditz and Nappa make a brief appearance at the start of the film as guards to the Saiyan castle. The monkey theming and flaming hair of Goku's transformation clearly references Sun Wukong, the character from the ancient literature tale Journey to the West that Goku is based on, since the first story arc of Dragon Ball is actually an adaptation of that tale. Yes. Very loose adaptation. Very, very loose. Uh, when Vegeta throws his cape, it lands next to Bulma as he says, My family. Probably a reference to them getting married later in the series. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Broly's power level briefly hovers between 9,000 and 9,001 before exploding off the charts, referencing the over 9,000 meme. <laughs> many lines and scenes are taken. Many lines and scenes are taken directly straight from the English dub of the anime, including Goku and Chi Chi's fight in the 23rd World Martial Arts Tournament in Dragon Ball Episode 137, anonymous proposal. Broly's legendary Super Saiyan transformation in the movie Dragon Ball Z, Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. Vegeta's line, and yes, even you, Kakarot, from episode 200, Dragon Ball Z episode 237, Final Atonement. Mm -hmm. Broly's one-handed blast from Dragon Ball Z, Broly's second coming. Goku's first Super Saiyan transformation from Dragon Ball Z episode 95, Transformed at Last. Go Broly's mouth blast from Dragon Ball Super Broly mm -hmm. and Broly's death from Dragon Ball Z Broly Second Coming. The music contains covers of songs appearing throughout the Dragon Ball animes, including the Dragon Ball Z prologue theme and tournament drums covered by Cooper Maiden, the song Limit Break Cross Survivor covered by Charlie Parra del Riego, Super Saiyan 3 Goku main theme and Vegeta Royal Blue theme covered by frederick uh habitler i probably said that wrong mm. anyway jacob what is your first like 
the animation in this short is epic. <laughs> I just say it like Kakarot. Epic. Okay. Epic, 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 epic. That's all, folks. Epic. That's all you're gonna say about no, it? No, I'm not. Be like, I, I, I have, I have, I have, uh, be like, I'm long-winded as you've been I'm, tonight. This is as la, 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 la. I be like, I, I'm getting too excited. I can't talk. I apologize. This animation, the the fact that this year took two years, two and a half years, to yeah, do something during the pandemic. That is true. But he took two years drawing this by hand. Like that is a passion project. Like beyond now, great. He had help along the way. He had mm-hmm. you know, like background painters. He had uh, like colorists, inkers, whatever, what have you, along the way with his. He team. had a whole crew. With he him. had an entire team of people going. You know, do this. But when it comes to like the simple, he drew everything by hand or digital, mm-hmm. and it's just phenomenally epic in every fashion of the form to now this guy had you know some he he does some some background in animation yeah from what i understand yeah for what i've been able to see and it is just wait for it legend dairy <laughs> i've never even watched that show me i've watched it i'd be like i have family who have said that over and over and over again i have seen a little bit of how it met your mother so i'm gonna use it there okay so, um, but the animation is so incredibly well done. Uh, it's got this like rough texture to it. Like it, like it's been dr- like hand drawn and like, it's not completely cleaned up, but it's so mm, amazing. And my, my words are failing me right now, which is absolutely horrendous for a podcaster. It's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The animation is just, for for a guy to take two years to do this by hand in digital is just phenomenal. I love this to death. And just, you know, kudos, dude, you rock. And just the action just incredible. Let's just say that. What about you? This is going to be a f- weird thing for me to mention. Okay. I liked the gate weave. The gate weave. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Please explain. Technically, it's not gate weave. It's simulated gate weave because this was made digitally, not on film. Yeah. But you know how when you watch like old television shows, how sometimes when the uh, when something like solid is on screen for a Mm -hmm. couple minutes, yeah, you kind of can kind of sort of see the 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 thing move back and forth like at a steady pace. Mm -hmm. That's called gate weave. Oh, okay. They simulated it here, and it's actually spot on. In fact, I would be—I have not gone back and looked, but I strongly suspect the gate weave is there throughout the entire film. Yeah, it's just you can't really notice it except for a couple of shots where everything's kind of slowed down enough that there's not a whole lot of action on screen. Which, since he is mimicking the old anime art style in many ways Mm -hmm. in some of these shots, that makes a lot of sense. But uh. Yeah, the, that that much attention to detail just to get mm-hmm. a, put a gate weave in there that most people nowadays don't even think about mm-hmm. is like that. 
that shows a level of love that most people don't show things agreed even when they're doing fan uh, passion projects he could have very easily have just obviously he made his own story mm-hmm. throughout this because this is uh not while he is basing this on a lot of things that happened he is like throwing it all into an area of the show that none of it could have happened in under normal circumstances yes uh but i mean he the amount of love and passion you can tell just by putting in the these minor details Mm mm-hmm but like especially like all the little background elements that show up there i I failed to mention that there is like a cameo in there from uh kaiser neko who does dragon ball z abridged he's the editor for that he's only like screen for like two seconds there near the beginning oh there's like tons of little easter eggs Uh like in the background especially like on the uh, scene where you see uh goku fighting the the poster that's showing goku and the anonymous fighter yeah unknown fighter whatever they called her in this yeah uh apparently if you go in there you can read like all everything in there talking about like all the other things there's a wanted poster back there for the for demon king piccolo yeah there's actually a picture there's, of piccolo there's like there. oh my words like you put in so much little detail uh-huh. things just simple things like the fact that the audio when they take lines directly from the english mm-hmm. um anime they match up exactly mm-hmm. tone everything there's a when i was watching this originally i thought oh he just took lines from from the actual show and just edited them in here didn't he that's what i was convinced of yeah because a lot of this does actually sound like the writing they would have used on the show in the 90s mm-hmm. and the only reason i knew it wasn't was you get to the very end and he's talking about how the the light in you goku is like Vegeta would never talk like this. No. <laughs> he would never be this friendly to Kakarot in the show. Not for many, oh, not till oh. you get to Dragon Ball Super anyway. Right. I, there's just no way. It's like, I have no idea where you source this audio. And it's because he actually had new people to, mm-hmm. he, he actually had hired voice actors to record all these lines. And he got them to record it in the same tone and intonation and almost, almost matching voice, the actual voices almost exactly yeah of the show it's like you got it that close good now you even got mm-hmm. someone who sounds like vic Mignana to do broly screaming Gekarot's name over and over again oh yeah that was good even though everyone hates vic Mignana now <laughs> but um yeah i mean this is just so epic for lack of a better like you said it's so epic yes there's so much attention to detail you can see the love and the passion mm-hmm. for this and it all come and, and the, the surest sign that the the it goes so far that even the fact that the animation is not like still ever it's yeah. got that gate weave mm-hmm. that no one no no one would think about no one do we see that as an imperfection yeah and he included the imperfections mm-hmm. that's passion and love for something to essentially recreate the anime the way you saw it in your mind's eye as a kid and still do your own thing with it instead of just making something like super brand new and it's like you know what i mean yes he put a lot of care into this and i appreciate that so yeah the that's why i say the gate weave mm-hmm. is my first like because it just shows you how much care and passion he has for this that goes throughout the whole thing wow 
and I learned something today. Gatewave. I didn't know what that meant. Awesome. Next time you watch an old uh, something that was recorded off a of VHS master, you'll see that because you go. Yeah, it does. That's called Gateweave. Awesome. All right. Half so, surprised he didn't put interlacing in there, to be honest. I wouldn't put it past him. Right. Wouldn't put it past him. Like, even at one point when they were, like, promoting it. Well, I mean, I guess you can't see that uh, Gateweave on when film is transferred to Blu-ray, depending on how mm-hmm. the film is. But anyway. Yeah, it's kind of submit that in a way because on his store, on his own store, uh, I want to call him Nessa, but it's not Nessa. Nasir. Nasir. Yeah, Nasir, Nasir's own personal shop online. Be like, at one point, you could buy a VHS copy of this. Obviously, the tape's blank, but it's a cover and the whole bit. How do you that, know it's blank? He could have easily transferred that on, on like a composite signal. He could have, but he said it was blank. <laughs> That's a shame because that would have been cool to like throw that in a VCR <laughs> and see this thing and like it's actual meant to be seen for yeah, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. So yeah, at one point you could buy a VHS copy of this, but my, probably my favorite about this is actually Vegeta's line. One of his, one of his lines in this, in this, in the short mm-hmm. is, uh, it's like just about before he's about to, you know, battle it out with Brawley after he quotes his like final lines from when he thought he was going to die in Dragon Ball oh, Z. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that line is about be like, sacrificing himself uh-huh. for my friends, for my, my family, family, and even yeah, you, Kakarot. Yes, even you, Kakarot. Uh, he continues to be like, you know, saying legend, hear me today. A god falls, bone to dust, ash to the ashes to the wind, and it's just like, oh my, like it is like there again. This entire short is epic beyond belief, and like the the line reads like you said before, mm-hmm. they like almost beat, bur beat, bur beat, bur beat is just like just like cadencing the original voice actors for whatever episode they were in and you know doing that callback and callbacks and callbacks and callbacks and then doing original stuff like this and like original story what you know Nasir mm-hmm. did is just incredible it's such a like you said it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a love letter to the original to the original Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z um and all it's etc um dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball gt and dragon ball super Super. yes plus the endless amount of movies yeah a lot of movies everything from uh sleeping princess and and demon's castle all the way to superhero yes (laughs) which we reviewed superhero we reacted we reacted superhero that's right but lines like that lines like that just it's like wow because you take from the original mythos, you use lines, you use, you know, you copy and paste lines, but done in a similar way. And then you add stuff like that. Just makes this so much sweeter and so much more. Uh, and it, it takes this idea that like, you know, what if, you know, Prince Vegeta or King Vegeta at this point, this, this you know, alternative timeline is just this be like i've waited my entire life to do this this is my what i've trained my life for and it's just like it's just epic lines like that, that normally i wouldn't uh even pay attention to, to I, w- I would not come off my throne to take care of rebel like you but today i'll make a royal exception <laughs> <laughs> that was just great it was there again this this like 
chef's kiss beyond belief this is such an amazing short and everybody should go see it if you're a dragon ball fan you probably have you or not if you're just an anim- animation fan go watch this this is a freaking mm. incredible so here's the thing dragon ball fans all know that what we're always excited to see is not a new move mm-hmm. new moves are nice don't get yes. me wrong uh, we do like seeing good action scenes. We do like seeing good comedy scenes because yes. Dragon Ball, even with uh, Funimation back in the day, trying to edit this to be a pure action show, the comedy gets through because Dragon Ball has always yes. been an action comedy mm-hmm. thing. And all of that is represented here. Do not get me wrong. Yes. But let's face it. The thing we all love to see is a new transformation scene. <laughs> a new form for our heroes to take. Yeah. And here we get the savior from the heavens, Son Goku. Oh my Re- clearly, word. clearly referencing Sun Wukong. Yes. <laughs> Granted, there's a part of me, this is just a minor nitpick. I'm, I'm bringing it up now because I'm not going to bring it up later. I don't think within the lore of the show, Vegeta should have been able to go to Super Saiyan while he still had his tail. But besides the point... <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a uh, different universe. That's like I said. It's like that's like, that's a minor nitpick. I'm not, yes. It's not even part of my main thing. Uh-huh. It's just that thing you sit there and go. I don't think that's technically possible. <laughs> but it's who cares? Exactly. To be honest, we get a whole thing where we turn Goku into Infernape. <laughs> yes, from Pokemon Infernape. Okay, uh, that's the name of a Pokemon. Really? Yes, Infernape. <laughs> You have to look that up. Uh, oh my god! But that's kind of yes, what he America. looks like—this giant, fiery monkey energy thing. That's like, yeah, you. I could see how Frieza would be scared of this. She was always worried about those stupid monkeys. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sorry, I just called Frieza she, didn't I? You did. <laughs> Let's face it—we've all thought it. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is just a fun thing, and. That whole effect, it's like, first off, you get the spot-on recreation of Goku's initial, Uh not just Goku's, the original Super Saiyan transformation Yes, The very first one we ever got, we got to see Goku's reflect that again, but he didn't go just as simple Super Saiyan, like like I was half expecting to some degree. No, he goes and turned and fight, he goes full-on flaming monkey. It's like, Sun Wukong. <laughs> I don't even know the story of Sun Wukong other than what I've seen in Dragon Ball and what I've seen in the game uh, Odyssey, Enslaved Odyssey to the West and a couple other places. Having seen so many different versions of Journey to the West, I'm kind of uh-huh. scared to ever actually go back and read the original story. But uh, it's, it's, it's like with uh, The Christmas Carol. I've seen so many versions of it. I'm never going to be able to watch it without go- without just singing along at the right times for my- the songs from <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> I, that's just going to be how it is. It's, but um, Dragon Ball, this is we actually get a great new epic form. It's sad that it's completely non-canon. Yes, and that we'll never get this included into anything without the some without Toei admitting this exists and that it was cool enough to put in a video game <laughs> in the same way that they never will admit dragon ball z abridged exists uh-huh but um even though they actually have hired 
Team Four Star to do voices in some of their in some of the Dragon Ball games. Wow, I didn't know. And that. It actually, uh, in Resurrection F, they have a couple of side characters they voice too. Really? Some of them, yeah. Well, I think we do need to go through those two movies. Yes. The 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 first two arcs of Super in movie form, mm. but because uh, they're they are epic. But uh, yeah, the the whole savior from the heavens form for goku is like i want to play this <laughs> i want to see what attacks he has is he gonna he's got to fire flaming poo chunks or something <laughs> i don't know it's awesome it's epic i enjoyed it i'm gonna have a hard time coming up with dislikes So I'll let you go first once you've calmed down. Oh, oh, poo chunks, poo chunks, flaming poo. Pew. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. My dislikes. Just be glad Deal didn't think to make us grow tails this week. Oh gosh, thank you. I don't know why you didn't think of that. <laughs> Snooze, you lose, I guess dislikes um do you have any the the only i i, I don't have a critique at all all i this would be like give us more do something else with this it'd be like it'd be great if you i mean you this story but yeah because you did give a sequel bait at yeah, the end of exactly this. you know that broly like, saying war is vegeta. coming like, kaka kaka vegeta <laughs> it's like Okay, where are we going with next here? Yeah. Or next, we're def we're definitely next. going with villain Broly in this version. Uh -huh. Much like the original Broly, not hero Broly that we're getting now in the super. anime. It's super. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I'm I'm just be like I would love for you know Team Stray Dog to uh do another one. I would love that. I don't know if they're gonna do it or not. I don't know if um uh, the 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 copyright owners of Dragon Ball and its affiliated material would allow that, but I would love to see more. Let's see the copyright owners. That would be Crunchyroll, Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Please right. support the official release. Oh, I think I quoted just something. Oh, I don't know. Moving on. Yes, moving on. Um, actually, slightly paraphrased because they never said fun, uh, Crunchyroll. That's right, they didn't. Because it's a, they Dragon Ball wasn't on Crunchyroll at the time. Yes. <laughs> but um yeah, the, my my only thing is be like it's a guy it's not canon, obviously not, but it's still epic in every fashion away. So yeah, that's the only thing I got be like, can we get more, please? And Toriyama, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all I got. All right, so let's go ahead. Well, I don't really have any dislikes. Okay. I'll be honest. Do you have any more dislikes? No, I don't. Because this was just epic. It was. So since we don't have any more anything, no, since we don't have any dislikes, why don't we go ahead and jump to the next one? Okay. That would be Pharaoh, mm -hmm. directed by Mitchell Zhao and Derek Forkel. Cast includes Anyel Reed as the queen. This was her only credit. Michael Norvigan as the vizier. He played a frenzied Russian VIP in Creed 2. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. And Jeffrey Bentley, who played the heretic in a, in something called Dinner with God, he played God. Okay. Interesting. God versus the Pharaoh. I'm just saying that's that technically happens. Yeah, in that's this. true. But moving on. Yeah. He did get his heart hardened though. Uh I have no Kingdom Hearts connections. Okay. So, uh, Pharaoh has an IMD score of 6.4 out of 10. It was produced by Michelle Joe. I think, I think it's Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. Michelle right. is a girl's name. That's right, Mitchell. Never mind. Never mind. There again, reading disorder. I read things wrong sometimes. My apologies. Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell Joe. Uh, distributed by, obviously, it's a, it's a student film. So it's some college somewhere. Uh, I didn't catch which college yeah, it was. Me either. But uh, uh, it was released in 2018. It was not a like accurate date. It was just released that year. And that's all I've got. Okay, summary for this. A young girl is Pharaoh of Egypt. Mm -hmm. A uh, heretic is brought before her for committing the uh, the crime of treason in which technically he the the uh, technically treason will get you killed yeah consequences the consequences of treason is death that's what i'm trying to say uh while she hesitates but before she can stop him from getting killed the vizier kills him mm -hmm. when uh Later, as she thinks about it, she resolves that he, uh, he will get a proper burial and that she is going to make changes. Mm -hmm. That's basically the summary of this. Yeah. Thing. There's no trivia for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have any. So what is your first like? My first like, um, it's got a good story for a, for a short that is five, it's a five-minute short. It's got enough story in there that gives you um, the that hooks you into it hooks you into the story where this this very obviously new pharaoh is you know hesitant of the old law and mm -hmm. wanting to change things but is hesitant and then learns from that and grows from that and wanting to improve the life of her people and i find that really interesting they do that kind of stuff kind of like what we did uh with last week some of those where it was um the World War One um, hair story, mm -hmm. but oh my gosh, be like, I, I love it when story uh, creators can do um, incredible storytelling in a short span of time and convey everything they want in that short period of time. And it just makes a fulfilling story. Mm -hmm. And it's all about it. Like it's a good story that is condensed down into five minutes and you get the information you need and it's not filled with fluff or stuff or anything. It just gives you the story it needs and it needs to convey in order to get their point across. And I enjoy stories like that. Okay. What's your number one? Num first. My first like. like. My first like for this is the animation in her face. Mm -hmm. 
you can see all the emotion she's going through mm-hmm. from beginning to end on this. Yes. Which is tough in animation, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from how she's sitting at the beginning to how she sits at the end, where she goes from being, you know, like, uh, like childish kind of mm-hmm. at the very beginning to at the end where she's fully taking control of her situation. She's literally sitting like a queen on her throne. Mm-hmm. Whereas before she was just sitting like a kid on a high chair. Mm-hmm. All those little details with the animation, I, af- I absolutely love because it, because that's the thing about acting and animation. You should be able to tell your entire story without words. Yes, agreed. And this does a good job of doing that to where the words are just accents. Mm-hmm. Gives you a better idea of what's going on. Yes. But you can see the context. You could t- have told this whole story without, uh, just based on the animations alone, you could have told the whole story without words. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What's your second like? My second like is um, what what your number one was. The the idea like not the idea how 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 the pharaoh her emotions are expressed through the animation Mm -hmm. through like every character's animation is done so incredibly well the 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 amount of detail they put into it is is gorgeous in 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 this spans of five minutes that they're able to convey what they're wanting to do in that five minutes like i just said before and like like you like you just said the like they could have gone with no dialogue and you would have the the story they're trying to convey would have been told just flawlessly through just through its animation Mm mm-hmm it just maybe like grunts and like ahs or hmms or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they put in dialogue and they put they made a story out of it, and you know gave it more more gravity with using the the uh, the voice acting. Yeah, it's done very well. So yeah, that's my, my that is my second like. My second like for this. I like the acting on the Vasir. Yes, agreed. You can see that he is trying to be patient mm-hmm. with his charge that he knows he has to listen to and do what she says. Yes. But he's trying to be patient, let her know, yes, this is how things are done. There are reasons we do things this way. I know it's hard, mm-hmm. but if you trust me, uh, everything will go just like it did with your father. Which is supposed to be comforting, mm-hmm. except I suspect her father did not die too kind in too kindly a way. Probably not. Uh, the way that especially since she took over at such a young age, mm-hmm. and but the thing is, as much as he's patient, as much as you can tell at the end, he's just not happy with what her decision was to give him a full burial, mm-hmm. a proper burial. You can almost you can you can tell he's aggravated. Yeah, in in his vocals, but. He's still gonna, you know, at the end, it's he's not gonna, you know, go back on his word. He's actually gonna go and give this guy a proper burial because that's what his queen demanded mm-hmm. of him. He may not even be happy that she's about to make sweeping changes to the monarchy mm-hmm. the way she, the way she was talking, but you can kind of tell us like he does 
care for her mm-hmm. and will support her the best way he knows how. At the beginning, this was trying to keep her, uh, you know, within the line of what the pharaohs always do. Mm-hmm. At the end, I suspect this is more like, okay, you kind of know what you're doing. I'm going to try to protect you from the worst of the fallout. Mm-hmm. If this does not go, if this goes the way I think it will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I like. I like his acting, even though he never really changes his cadence mm-hmm. or any or his voice acting. Yeah you can there's just enough minor subtle changes in that it's like you can tell what's going on through his mind mm-hmm. so that's what's really great about this is you've got great animation that doesn't require voice acting mm-hmm. and you've got great voice acting that doesn't require animation to tell their stories yes and yet we got them in the same video mm-hmm. so yeah that's my second like gotcha what's your first dislike I don't have any. I, I don't have any dislikes for this. My only dislike is I wish it was longer. We got to see more of how things were going on. Granted, this tells the complete story. It's mm-hmm. just like with my cat Lucy, this just feels like it told like the beginning of a story and that there's more to it and we just didn't mm-hmm. get any more of it. Agreed. Which is disappointing, but I also get why. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably my only dislike. Okay. Which means we need to rate these things mm-hmm. uh what are you rating both of these shorts okay dragon uh not dragon but legend legend uh a dragon ball tale a dragon ball tale is legendary um legendary is not a rating i know it's not i wish it was but it's not uh i think if we were to do legendary it would be like a 10 uh i think this is a 10 <laughs> i know we have really? we, to me it's a 10 really because in my mind <clears throat> it's over nine thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah ten for me also. Oh, okay, we're in agreement. Okay, yeah this this is definitely the the the. I'm sorry. It's like you're not gonna make the joke. You are not gonna make this joke. I will make this joke. <laughs> make the joke. You made the joke and executed it very well. Yeah. So yeah, it is it is legendary. It is over nine thousand. Uh, this is just you know it's it's a ten go watch it it's so well done and uh pharaoh pharaoh pharaoh's a nine pharaoh is so much of a nine uh amazing visual storytelling amazing audio visual um uh, visual audio tell audio storytelling story that's the word i'm looking for storytelling mm-hmm. storytelling through visualization and audio is done very well uh i i like you said, it's a little too short. It's a little too short. I agree with you there. And wish it was a little longer, kind of like my cat Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, incredible. I'd be like, it's done very well to for being a student film. It is very well done, and people need to go watch this. All right. I am also giving it a nine. Okay. It's a very good little short film. I I just I, like I said earlier, I feel like it is the beginning of like a ten minute cartoon, mm-hmm. and we there needs to be in my mind there should be something extra happening after this. But this is all we get. But that so that's fine. But uh, yeah, it was a nice little story, mm-hmm. and uh, just like I said, I wish it was longer. So yeah, that's why I'm only giving it a nine. Agreed. The next two weeks. 
we're going a little historical on you. Mm-hmm. I say a little because we're talking 20 years ago, which <laughs> that's historical at this point, right? Yes. To the early days of the internet, pre-YouTube, Yeah. when this came out. It originally came out on a little, well, first it came out on this guy's original site because this is an old flash video. So that means it took up absolutely no room and you could watch this on dial up with no hiccups. Wow. Give you an idea as to how old this is because of the way flash animation worked. Mm-hmm. But uh, I originally saw this first on the website Newgrounds. It's a little four part animation called Rise of the Mushroom Kingdom. It too is a fan film uh, created by Randy Solom, who has unfortunately passed. Mm. But um, this is the HD version of it. We are be watching parts one and two next week with three and four after that. Uh, and I will admit, when Jacob brought this idea of Indie Shorts Month to me, I didn't know we were primarily going to be looking at student films from his selections. I was just like, what would be a cool animated short thing we could watch? What would be what would be four good uh, animated short films we could watch mm-hmm. that I remember enjoying? It would be fun for this sort of thing. And I thought of things like, you know, ASDF movie which there's too many of those to do in a quick bout mm-hmm. little different things. And then I happened to be going on through, going through YouTube and I saw something that reminded me of uh, rise of the mushroom kingdom by video game directors cuts. Mm. And I thought, I wonder if there is actually a good quality, high quality version of there on YouTube. Cause you know, flash is dead. Mm-hmm. We can't watch the original as much as we'd like to. Sure, Homestar Runner found a way around it with with uh, the Ruffle plugin, but which is just emulating Flash in HTML5. Mm. But uh, I, I wanted to see if there was a good high quality thing, and not only was there a good one, it was actually put out by the Video Games Director's Cuts YouTube channel. Huh. So yeah, that's what we're going to be watching okay. the next two weeks. Uh. Parts one and two are one story. Parts three and four are another story, but they're all part of a whole sequence. So join us next week for that. Hmm. Uh, in the meantime, though, we've got some X-Men, the animated series to review. Previously on X-Men. Meet a sulky, over-funky, kind of hulky superhero. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar.
I still love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, but you gave me a weird look when we were when it was doing the Marvel superhero show, and it described mm. that one as being erotic. Yeah, I was like, what? Technically, <laughs> that was Namor they were talking about. Oh, and he is just like wearing a speedo. That's all oh, he's wearing. Oh, okay. I didn't have contact. What in the world was that? I, I listened to that three or four times, and I was never quite sure if they were actually saying erotic till just now. <laughs> because it's, the audio is just that old. Yes. But anyway, today we are review. The first episode we're reviewing today is Intermagneto. I am Magneto, Master of Magnet. <laughs> Directed by Larry Houston and written by Jim Carson and Terrence McDonald. In this episode, Magneto attempts to break Beast out of prison, but Beast would rather stand trial. Sabretooth demands that Beast be set free and ends up going into a destructive rage, prompting the guards to shoot and injure him. Cyclops aids Sabretooth and brings him to the mansion's infirmary, which does not sit well with Wolverine. Later, Magneto attacks a military missile facility. Guest cast for this includes Don Franks as Graydon Creed Sr., a.k.a. Sabretooth, David Hemblin as Eric Magnus, Magneto, and Stephen Wamet as Hodge. Trivia for this episode. This episode is loosely based on the first X-Men comic book, X-Men number one, released mm -hmm. in September 1963. In this comic, Magneto attacked the Cape Citadel missile base only to fight the original X-Men members, Jean Grey, Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, and Angel. Uh, Beast reads a book by George Orwell, mm -hmm. who came up with an Orwellian society describing a situation, idea, or societal condition identified as being destructive to the welfare of a free and open society, similar to what we'll see in Days of Future Past's uh, alternative future. Also, uh, the copy of Animal Farm that he is reading. Mm -hmm. Animal Farm is like a short story, so it wouldn't take a book. It wouldn't take a book that size. Mm. Maybe it's just multiple copies of different languages, or maybe it's the comic book version. So he was looking at the pictures. <laughs> it's beast we're talking I about. I know. I'm being facetious. <laughs> the guard is wearing briefs, more commonly known as tidy whities. <laughs> Hey, Chief, wait for me! Beast lines, beast, Beast's line, Magneto, I presume, is a reference to Sir Henry Morton Stanley's famous meeting with Dr. David Livingston. In the flashback, Xavier beats Magneto, who is wearing his helmet. Normally, the helmet blocks psychic attacks. However, it is likely Magneto's helmet during this time could not do that, and that, and the later helmet that does block telepathy is a different version or modified from this one. Mm. The protesters' signs say, Down with all mutants! Mutants, go back to where you came from and go home! The judge is wearing a bow tie. His bow That's, ties are cool. He's wearing a bow tie. <laughs> the seal behind the judge says, Kurt, on top, and Edic Litpo on the bottom. Mm -hmm. This is all a completely meaningless string of letters. <laughs> Come on, Marvel. It is more likely than not that the Hodge seen here as Hank's lawyer is not the same Cameron Hobbs, Hodge, who is the Geonosia ambassador seen in Slave Island later on. Mm. Beyond the physical differences, 
Cameron Hodge would likely not help any mutant in court, and it's highly unlikely that he would go from being a defense attorney to ambassador in such a short amount of time. It is a likely coincidence, or possibly the two are related. Though, interestingly enough, they are both voiced by Stephen Womet. Hmm. <laughs> so obviously someone didn't catch that they were different characters. Mm-hmm. Beast references Dochevsky, who wrote Crime and Punishment. Appropriate reading since considering both his legal plight and how long it'll take to read it. Mm. Missile silos doors don't fold back into four sections. This was probably done to make an X in the gap. Mm. Makes sense. Gambit, Rogue, and Jean Grey neither appear nor are mentioned in this episode. Mm -hmm. During This begins the season-long story arc of Beast standing trial after being arrested in Night of the Sentinels Part 2. This is also the first full appearance of Magneto and Sabretooth, though they both had cameos in Night of the Sentinels Part 1. Also in this episode is the first time that Cerebro is named. Hmm. So what is your thoughts on this episode? Oh my gosh. So for obviously continuity reasons, like watching this one and the next one be like, obviously they flow together as stories. Thankfully. So thankfully they do. So there's going to be a couple here where we're going to be going back and forth somewhat because mm-hmm. the continuity is a little sparse and they sometimes what this, the or the list we're going off of, unless there was like a lot of big difference, they just kept it in the order it aired. Right. There'd be some differences when we get to season three and four, but a lot of jumping around mm-hmm. there. So this was a good episode. This was where like, you know, the first, uh, obviously the first meeting of Magneto, but apparently be like, they know who he is through Charles and Charles and him have a past, obviously the comics and this, uh, uh, Charles explanation of the, the, like how they, how they met, obviously he does stray away from the comics a little bit, but obviously this is a cartoon. Also a separate universe. Obviously a separate so you universe. you can get away with that. Exactly. Kind of like super, I mean like super, uh, legend, legend. legend. <laughs> um i enjoyed this episode it was a lot of fun uh definitely brought back a lot of memories a lot of just like sucks you back into your childhood or yeah childhood this was 1993 um but just so much fun i like yeah it's it's a bit cheesy and corny because they're against the early 90s things were corny and cheesy but they were good they were good corny and cheesy right and uh the the x-men again get their butts kicked (laughs) by Magneto. Mm-hmm. but it's it's just a, a it's a good setup to okay what is to come later on in the series and uh beast refusal to uh go along with uh magneto's plan and to just simply just break out it's like no i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to uh i'm going to stay in trial because that is going to show as a good example right a good example and so I I enjoy that because I think in more modern, probably more modern interpretations, they would probably just be like, oh yeah, let's just leave. <laughs> Maybe. It's still weird that Magneto is wanting to free Beast, despite the fact he should know Beast is working for the X-Men. Yeah, he should know that. And he's already against Xavier at this point, but yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. Maybe. But yeah, this is a good, fun episode. Uh, 
not a lot of action in this except near the very end mm -hmm. when they're actually getting into the whole you know saving the missile base mm -hmm. but a lot of this a lot of the story in this one is due to the court case near the beginning where mm -hmm. you know they actually one has to wonder who let Sabretooth into that courtroom looking yeah. like that. Yeah, one. How did Sabretooth get in there? He just pops it in nowhere. I'm assuming he may have been in there in the back. But at the same time, Logan and Scott are at least in street clothes. They're in yeah. civilian wear. They are at least trying to be undercover. Oh, oh. Sabretooth <laughs> is in the only costume we ever see him wearing. Yes. Granted, this means they didn't have to redraw anything mm -hmm. for this, but it's like, who is going to look at look at you, Sabretooth, mm -hmm. and say, yes, you could come into the courtroom. You're obviously not a mass murderer. Yeah, you're, you're not, you're you're not, not like you're going to maul somebody to death. You're not a security threat, but maybe he got in because, you know, the court was, since it was a mutant case involving mutants, maybe they didn't feel it right to keep any mutants out of the courtroom possibly at the same time it's freaking Sabretooth. didn't wasn't he just on the news two episodes ago he was going on a rampage <laughs> who let him in here because he just pops out he's a he's a whoop, he's in frame now it's like okay did he get him did he somehow like gain invisibility cloak surprise i'm gonna tear somebody up <laughs> He was obviously stole some of Ant-Man's shrinking um, technology yeah. and then used the growing technology at the, yeah, the pin particles and use the ones that make him grow like right at the end of the court case. I guess. I don't know. It's like, pop, surprise. I'm Sabretooth. Pop goes the Sabretooth. <laughs> or in this case, pop goes Wolverine's claws. That too. Because uh, that is the weird thing about this. Like I said, he was just on t on the news causing a rampage. Yes. Two questions. A, why did they let him in the courtroom? Like I said earlier. And B, does Cyclops not watch the news? <laughs> Apparently not. Because he ought to know, hey, that mutant dressed exactly like he is now was uh -huh. on the news a, a little bit ago uh -huh. causing a riot or causing fighting against other, uh, you know, police in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps he's not a good guy. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, but no, no, Scott's got to be Scott. He, he's got to be the Boy Scout. <laughs> it's like, Scott, really? <laughs> you saw this guy earlier. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I do like how they adapted the first uh, X-Men comic mm -hmm. at the end of this. It, it was a, it's a good way to introduce Magneto more fully to the world even though he too was in a can had a cameo appearance mm -hmm. in a news broadcast at the beginning of the last he episode. did because anyway uh i do like uh the whole th how they showed his powers mm -hmm. uh with the yellow rings of doom <laughs> um that's kind of how i always thought of him as a kid uh the my only real issue it's the issue i probably will have uh for a lot of this because i i'm assuming the the transfer quality is never going up probably not uh in fact and i know the animation is slowly going to get worse <laughs> because they're always trying to cut cut corners in this mm -hmm. cartoon um it's just there's a lot of parts where it, it's just crunchy yes and is. a lot of it's the transfer more than it is the animation uh and you know just making 
television for on that's meant to be on a cathode ray tube in interlaced format just doesn't even though they probably went back to it's probably was not it was not recorded on film it was probably done on you know videotape mm-hmm. so i mean you've got what you've got and you're just gonna have to yeah. live with it agreed so like i said I, I wish this was better the transfer was better the story itself is good i'm enjoying this uh but uh you know it, it, this was a good start of this little story arc and mm-hmm. it i think it takes a lot of guts for the third episode of your television show to have a for for kids it's supposed to be an action show for kids and have the first half of it be a court about courtroom mm-hmm. scene yeah that's not something you normally see a lot on children's television yeah like it also shows more not as long as they were in there especially with all the political drama not political but the, the race drama that's yeah just naturally prevalent in x-men yeah agreed you ready for the next one the 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 part that kind of got me like there again watching you as a kid you never noticed but as an adult now as a, a reviewer be like you notice where magneto he's starting to crush everything mm-hmm. so he's doing this the entire time be like they were used they they reverse it and reuse that same shot they yeah. quote they, they uh oh this they, isn't i don't think it's this one where the the re, the animation for use is bad i think it's the next one where there's a lot of oh, bad use yeah there's, there's a lot of yes. heavy use of reanimation yeah and also in the, the the next episode i'm like like apparently they forgot that wolverine has a healing factor and apparently they forgot he can retract those claws too yeah oh yeah because they're still out <laughs> anyways let's get in the next episode let's get into this next one deadly reunions directed by larry houston and written by don glutt in this episode professor xavier and magneto confront each other for the first time in years meanwhile wolverine and Sabretooth come face to face professor xavier tries to examine Sabretooth's mind to figure out his rage problem after his last terrorist action failed magneto plots a new one to bring professor xavier out into the open Sabretooth and Wolverine confront each other in the mansion's war room, which is apparently on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, guest cast for this includes once again uh David Hemblin as Eric Magnus and uh or aka Magneto, Don Franks as Graydon Creed Sr., aka Sabretooth, and now Lynn Carlson as Robert Kelly. Hmm. One of the boys, tormenting Sabretooth in his mind, has a logo similar to a Spartan helmet. It could be a sports logo, and there are numerous real-world logos with a similar design. Hmm. Xavier has a ladder against his bookshelves in the globe. I think I copied a little too much of this trivia now that I'm moving over this, but we'll keep going. The shot of the Blackbird leaving the hangar is visually similar to the Batmobile leaving the Batcave in the opening title of Batman the Animated Series. Oh. Given the date Batman started and the time it takes to produce a single episode, it is more likely a coincidence and not a reference. Uh. The shot of Magneto hovering over Storm, Cyclops, and Rogue is framed exactly like a shot in Enter Magneto. Hmm. Rogue makes several comments, likening her CPR to a romantic kiss and later flirts with Cyclops like they had a thing. In X-Men Evolution, Rogue has an actual crush on Cyclops. Mm Mm-hmm. The comics would eventually explain that Cyclops could not control his powers because of trauma. Here, Rogue is unable to control the powers, even though she has not had any such trauma. Bull hockey! Yeah. 
However, that explanation came after the series, so Cyclops' uncontrolled powers have a may have a different reason. Mm-hmm. In I don't know, se- it's a very powerful optic blast coming out of your eyes. There's that too. Uh, in this episode, Magneto still does not have a psychic proof helmet. Come on, bro, get with the program. Rogue's gloves are not destroyed when she looks at them with Cyclops's powers. Likely they are made of material similar to those worn by the Fantastic Four, so they change with their body to accommodate new powers. This will happen with her later with uh, Mystique being able to change. Oh, yeah. uh, When she does her form change thing there. Mm. Apparently, Xavier can either control his chair psychically or was able to move a button with his mind to make it come to him. Despite a big battle, the X-Men don't directly help anyone in this episode. No. As the people in immediate danger save themselves. Magneto is partially correct. In his flashback, he was apparently taken by Nazi men to probably a German internment camp during the Holocaust, Mm. which he promises to never let happen again. Kelly, in his address, states he wants to send mutants to internment camps. Oh my gosh. Interestingly, there is a bed just off to the side of the war room where Sabretooth is looking for Wolverine. The shot of Sabretooth and Wolverine first facing off with each other mirrors something that I apparently did not copy down. Hmm. But here's a fun fact. Hmm. Pull tab cans have essentially completely disappeared from drinking cans by the 1980s, having been replaced by the more ecologically friendly push tab. Like that one right there. Mm -hmm. For it to be a pull tab, Wolverine must be drinking some really old soda or beer. But as a kid's cartoon, you can't be drinking beer. It's got to be root beer. It's soda. It's soda. Xavier moves his paralyzed leg in order to get back into his chair. He does! (laughs) Also, this is the first appearance of Deadpool, Maverick, a Talos robot, Mm -hmm. renamed from the Shiva robot of the comics, Janice Hollenbeck and Omega Red. Yeah. This is the only appearance of Janice Hollenbeck. Janice Hollenbeck, the blonde woman seen in Sabretooth's mind, mm-hmm. only appeared twice in the comics, X-Men number five and number six, which were released in February and March of 1992. In the 1960s, Team X had been sent to Berlin, Germany to extract her as she was a double agent who had some connection to their enemy, Omega Red. Yeah. However, Sabretooth found out she was stealing and selling secrets to both the United States and the Soviet Union, so he killed her. Wolverine lashed out, and it became the team's last mission. Wolverine also buried the carbonadium synthesizer, which kept Omega Red alive with her, but forgot it was in her coffin after being brainwashed by Weapon X. Comics. <laughs> Since Cyclops, Storm, and Wolverine start off debriefing Xavier about the attack on the missile base, this takes place immediately following Intermagneto. Homo Superior, the scientific name for a mutant, is stated for the first time, indicating that at least some believe mutants to be a separate species. Mm-hmm. The Blackbird Seaside Hangar door is seen for the first time in this episode. The mansion is then also revealed to be close to the coast. This is the first mention of Storm's claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. The first time Rogue absorbs someone's powers and uses them. She absorbed Wolverine's in Night of the Sentinels Part 2, but only to knock him out and wasn't shown using his powers. This is the last major time Magneto is a direct threat to the X-Men. Really? 
In subsequent episodes, he would oppose others that caused problems for the X-Men or would be an ally. Okay. <laughs> we shall see how true that is. Yes. The missile base from Intermagneto is given a name, Drake Missile Base. Senator Kelly announces his intentions to run for president of the United States. This is the first use of the name Professor X in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. The first in in indication that Sabretooth can heal and has an acute sense of smell like Wolverine. First use of the name Adamantium. Mm -hmm. The war room is re revealed to be on the ground floor of the mansion. Wolverine is, ironically, the first X-Man to be hospitalized in the infirmary. Jubilee was previously in it in Night of the Sentinels Part 1, but she was not an X-Man yet. Mm -hmm. Since he has a healing factor, he does not need to stay there long. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> Beast, Gambit, and Jean Grey do not appear. Of the three, only Gambit is not mentioned. Mm. What are your thoughts on this episode? The very end of this episode, like Wolverine is injured by Sabretooth, and he be like Jubilee blasts him off, and then everybody's, oh my gosh, Wolverine could die. Let's get him to the infirmary. He is a freaking healing factor. <laughs> in fact, this healing factor is so strong that in one comic story, he was apparently the first human. But uh, that was in a horrible thing that should never be mentioned. Right. <laughs> like the fact, like I, I remember like some of them in the comic, like he gets burnt, like burned or melted to a toast and he comes back as a skeleton. It just grows back. Yes, because he's Wolverine. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> this man has more plot armor than Superman does. True. <laughs> and I just, I, I've Correction. Kind of, he has more plot armor than Batman. True. Batman shouldn't survive half of what he's in the middle of. Oh, uh, yeah, but also he's the world's greatest detective. But I even. don't care. He's human. <laughs> uh, either or, it's just like that. I mean, like, like, I mean, like, how long? Could, I mean, like, obviously Wolverine's been there for a while, so obviously you know he's got a healing factor. Like him and Saber have a similar healing factor. It's just I like, get them not knowing Sabretooth has a healing factor. Yeah. But yeah, they should know about Wolverine's healing factor by yeah. now. Yeah. And they should also know that if Wolverine says, hey, this guy from my past is bad news. Uh-huh. Yeah, I might want to listen to him, especially when this guy was on the news four episodes ago <laughs> causing a riot. Fighting the police. <laughs> He might actually be bad news. He might be a liar. Yeah. He might have just enough training by, I don't know, Magneto to be able to keep Doc, Doc, I noticed Doc Brown, <laughs> to, keep professor, to keep Professor X out of the part of his mind he doesn't want Professor X in. Right. That might be a thing. Maybe. Though, is there anything stupider looking than the combination version of Sabretooth and Professor X? <laughs> the mud jumps that was like why <laughs> did you animate that why did you draw that oh my gosh i, just, I get what you're doing but i'm looking at it going there had to have been a better way than just drawing a new character model right there had to be a better way <laughs> 
you had the transparency thing going, you could have just layered them both on top of each other. It would have been fine, but no. Mm. I get that technically creating a new model and just animating that for the, what, five seconds? Uh-huh. That, that particular thing has to be on screen is probably cheaper than animating two different models for those five seconds right. to be in ma- be ma- uh, in step with each other. Oh my gosh. But uh-huh. <laughs> still. Right. Still. It looks stupid. It does look stupid. It does look stupid. And like there's so much of this plot. It's just like what in the world is going on? <laughs> I get somewhat of what's I, going I do, on. I do understand that. Yes. The 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 one that I don't be like but, I I Oh, I'm just let me let me get where I'm going. The uh, the point that Wolverine makes is very 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 on the nose. Is like when they were leaving to go fight, um, go to the chemical plant. Yeah, go to the chemical plant. It's like be like be like. So I'm not. We're not allowed to snuff up my enemies, but we're allowed to go bash yours. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what priorities here, people. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, because Magneto, he's gonna destroy the mm-hmm. world. Well, oh yeah, this big hokey guy that's you know enemy Wolverine. Oh no, let's try to treat him in the whole bit. Granted, priorities. <laughs> okay, here's but here's a question I have. Yes, they had Sabretooth locked up in a I'm guessing uh Professor X's crazy chair. <laughs> When he goes, when he goes psychotic with his psychic powers, because I mean that's got to happen from time to time, right? Uh-huh. Um, so they got him locked in there. So yeah, they're not going. Sabretooth surely will not be able to escape this. You still have the high schooler watching him. How smart is that? <laughs> or let's... the one that's stupid enough to say, "Oh, here, I will undo the thing and then go get the healing supplies." To fix your cut or bandage or whatever. Bandage your, like, your wound. Uh, now, granted, Sabretooth does play it very well. Granted, but Jubilee, I have a small thing you might want to think about. Granted, this ultimately probably would not have helped you, but here's just a wild idea. Go to the infirmary first. Get your first aid supplies, then come back and undo his hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe then... No, no, you're still going to get hurt, hurt. Let's face it. Yeah. Saber... But at least that would actually make more sense than here. I'm gonna undo under your restraints and then you'll get everything. Yeah. Like, oh no, yeah, he's not a villain. Wolverine's been telling you that the entire time. Yeah, Wolverine has been telling you this the whole time. Now, granted, Wolverine probably has ne- probably I, admittedly, I don't remember the stories as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember how much of Weapon X he can actually talk about mm. in this continuity. So maybe he can't bring that up. Interesting that Sabretooth actually, in his memories, we actually get to see many members of the Weapon X Mm -hmm. program, including some who will never get to talk in this this franchise. (laughs) Ironically, considering he's a merc with a mouth. But, um, although this was before he got famous for that. (laughs) Right. Uh, But, um, yeah. I don't know exactly how. It's still Wolverine. They know that Wolverine had a history yeah and it was dealing with a lot of rough people and wolverine's the only one who recognizes this guy and wolverine is saying this guy is bad news you're not gonna say i don't know okay wolverine what's wrong with this guy Mm -hmm. where do you know him from 
And all Wolverine says, I don't quite know. I just know he's a bad guy. I, it's connected to something in that past I can't tell you about. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, he's one of those people. Okay, we're just going to kick. We'll, we'll take him out behind the shed and shoot him <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. They probably wouldn't do that. But yeah, but, but also, Xavier does bring up the fact, like, be like, yeah, we went to the exact same thing. So you wouldn't know all this crap, Xavier. Even if Sabretooth didn't show up in his mind, you know there's a section that obviously was horrible for Wolverine because I don't know all the metal he can shoot out of his fists. And you probably know that his entire skeleton is covered in this stuff. So perhaps if whatever organization did that to Wolverine could have been a lot harder on the guy who looks like a giant wildcat. And how in orange spandex? It's in orange spandex. Who was on the news four episodes ago? I can't help but stress that he was on the news four episodes ago for causing some kind of police riot. Apparently, why are you trusting this guy? Maybe Ribby like recorded over the episode. No, no, Jubilee. no, better. Morph, morph recorded over it with all, with with the other news reports that just didn't include Saber too, because he was too busy trying to look like Domino or something. <laughs> we got to get Morph more into the story. I mean, he was the red shirt who will come back. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Wolverine apparently loved Morph for some reason. Oh my but they were good friends. Uh, it's like, uh, but anyway, we'll get there when we get there. Weird episode. Yes, very but weird. But I, I, I do find it funny that the X Men didn't help any in this episode. No, they didn't. They were in the way. And oh, good night. I, her cla- uh, storm's claustrophobia. claustrophobia. Oh, it comes up over. It com- I know it comes up, but this first time it's like. Uh, Storm, you're not in a small room. Granted, I know these fears can overtake you at the time you least expect them, and there's uh-huh. nothing there that even I can say will understand it because I don't have claustrophobia myself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the room you're in is wide open, and you're just happen to be staring at a brick wall that at first, when you first get spooked by it, it's not moving. Yeah, it's not moving. <laughs> and it's not even an animation issue. It's literally not moving. You just got turned around with an explosion and then you started getting like the flashbacks to when you were a child goddess. <laughs> yeah, they haven't mentioned that part. No, they haven't yet. But they did show her in those in that costume and uh-huh. I'm going, child goddess character over here. <laughs> yes, I get that she's got claustrophobia because she's not actually a goddess. She's human. But uh, here's just a wild idea. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Granted, I know we haven't had a chance to really get into any of these characters' backstories. No. Because that's not really how you wrote these shows back then. You wrote about, well, pretty much the whole first season with, like, characters going on adventures. Mm -hmm. Then once we know we are securing an actual show that may last long enough to get into, you know, syndication, Mm -hmm. then we'll worry about talking about people's backstories yeah they are at least 
aware of backstories because you know we got the whole thing with logan and sabertooth them mm-hmm. having a history and them already showing characters in his mind that we'll never actually get to see in the show mm-hmm. but uh or I have a couple of them we won't get to see in the show i did note that there was some other some of those people that were in sabertooth's mind they do technically show up later they do but none i know deadpool does not have a speaking role ever no because <laughs> i'm still thinking man that's a missed opportunity before Deadpool was actually an interesting character. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I, this is a fun show. It is a fun show. This I'm is glad a we're weird doing episode. this. We're still in season one. That is so true. <laughs> we're getting to the interesting parts. We're, we are far away from the Phoenix saga. Okay. Yeah, that's true. We, Our days of future past. Days of future past is coming up yes. fairly quickly. Yes. And that is one of the uh episodes that i have watched because i did rewatch like most of season one yeah like beginning of last year so and i think i even talked about it on the show so i know i got past days of future past and i remember thinking that that that, that one was a breath of fresh air because it's like plot <laughs> it's not crammed in with a bunch of other crap granted there's plot here and it's not really crammed in with a bunch of other crap but at that point it just seemed like oh this doesn't feel like they're just throwing stuff at me and saying you know what this what's going on right mm-hmm. some of this show right now is they're throwing stuff at you and saying you know what's going on right you know who jubilee is right mm-hmm. right 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 you know why wolverine and you obviously don't know why wolverine and Sabretooth hate each other but you know who these random people were going to show on screen and in, in Sabretooth's mind are right. You're like, no, I don't know who any of these people are. Twelve, a ten-year-old boy, me in 1992, mm-hmm. or however old I was. Oh my gosh! But so yeah, anyway. yeah. So I know, be like, it's a running, almost a running theme throughout like the next few episodes. But uh, storms, claustrophobia comes up again and again and again. It's just like wow how much how many times you're gonna reuse this thing <laughs> well when the writers only know a couple things about the characters because they probably hadn't had time to read what mm-hmm. 50 not 40 years of x-men comic history mm-hmm. yet we're just lucky that they know about the weapon x program even though they can't call it weapon they don't call it weapon x yet yep but anyway you have any other thoughts on this before we finish no, up here I'm, i think i'm good okay well the next week we are going to be reviewing captive hearts yeah captive hearts and cold vengeance Mm -hmm. so join us later for that Mm -hmm. uh in the meantime this has been drew this is jacob and we will catch you in the next frame you can follow jacob on his facebook at jacob b heron his Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell, 
The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Well, his life is over.